along through the veil and the sunshine by its prominence with the path along through the dale while the furthering with the stance comes the time during the day while to pass around the of among food and the year has been nicely like we say and the more of helping which we should and so we straighten and work with the olive oil busy by years and the more while perfect to always maintain the balance of dears comes the time during the day while to pass around the of among food and the year has been nicely like we say and the more of helping which we should Hello there, listeners. That was Good, a classic song poem with lyrics by Gygax, who I mentioned in an earlier episode. He was a mental patient somewhere, but sent in lyrics to Ten Odd song poems that I know about, and they're all really fun to figure out what he's trying to talk about. And I think in that song, he's trying to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why I get that impression. It's sort of like a an abstract painting where some image emerges and you can't tell exactly why you see a bat in the painting or something, but but you have the impression of a bat. In this song, I get the impression of Thanksgiving, the uh, so-called of-a-month food is Thanksgiving is of a month. You have the month of November is Thanksgiving, and it has its own food associated with it. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, so... This episode will talk about a song from my record that also should not make any sense to anybody, but nonetheless does make an impression. Uh, I'm talking about the song Bell Arthur and Albino, and the lyricist that I credit in the uh, liner notes for Bell Arthur and Albino is... Devon 
akintois. But really, it is a piece of spam that I received. Return address, Devon Akintois. And it is presented to you, the listener, as it reads on the page. It is just a weird piece of spam that doesn't seem to be selling anything or trying to get me to do anything. I don't, maybe it had like a, a link that I was supposed to not click. I don't know. I didn't click it uh, if there was a link, but it's just this weird little story. So I'll play the song. The story doesn't come in until a little bit later. It's presented spoken and then sung at the end of the song. Uh, and we'll have musical things to discuss, but for the moment, we can just think about this weird piece of spam and this weird story that it might be telling.
don't feel angry in this moment. Especially when he got on the stand and said that it was his suggestion. Del Arthur and Albino. So yeah. Uh I'm as perplexed by the the lyrics as probably everybody else is. But they do seem to imply something. Uh, I wrote the music independent of the lyrics. This is a piece for six trombones, and I remember just sort of rolling out of bed, or not even out of bed, but staying in bed one morning and taking a piece of uh, staff paper and just writing, which composition in that way is not something that I do very much of, but it's a good muscle to exercise every once in a while uh, for me. So just take a pencil and write notes on the page and stay away from the instrument. Just see what comes to the mind. And doing it first thing in the morning in a semi-somnambulist state is uh, probably what gives this song some of its open harmonic character. It's a modal piece. It's not centered around any one key or any one note. And there are a lot of open intervals like fourths, some stacked fourths, uh, in addition to some triads, some major and minor triads that don't have a clear tonal relationship between them or they don't have a very commonly used relationship between them so the piece sort of has this steady um, timbre of the trombones but moves and it has a sort of loose rhythm but it, it moves around harmonically in ways that are sort of unpredictable which I think when I when I wound up using this text along with it, uh, the openness of the music adds to the mystery of the words. Uh, it was not an easy piece to record. It would probably be easier to actually get a trombone choir to play this piece than it is to make it as a one person overdubbing himself six times. Uh, what I did before going into the studio was I made a click track, uh, sort of. Just at home, one, two, I counted one, off each note two, into a microphone one, because a, two, a lot of these notes don't last one, for a particular number two, of beats. It's more of a one, feel thing. So two, I sort of sat at home, one, counted off the beats, one, it, speaking two, into a microphone three, just like this. Uh, with some a little count off here and a little cue there. So when I went to the studio to record this, 
I had a particular order that I had to go in with the horn that plays the most as the first part to do and so on. So just with this, my own voice speaking to myself and my earphones following along. And it was, I think, the first piece I did in the morning. Uh, So I wasn't totally warmed up. And as a result, don't play everything uh, as solidly in tune as I would like it to be. But on the other hand, it's really a challenge to play things in tune uh, in a studio environment when you're using headphones. Uh, There's a, I think, a a lot of the uh, intonation on on the trombone has to do with, and this is probably true of of other instruments, uh, string instruments, and there's, there's a little bit of feedback that you're getting from the instrument. Uh, you're sending vibrations out of the instrument into the sound environment. And those vibrations are uh, collaborating with the other sounds in the environment in a certain way. You get vibrations that are either locking up in consonant ways or you get physical vibrations that are not locking up or locking up in more complex ways to get uh, richer harmonies and dissonances. And I think that some of that behavior of sound waves out in the room where you're playing uh, the environment, they actually come back in to the horn um, or they rest against your body in some physical way. So it's, it's much easier for me to tune up a fifth or a fourth or something uh, in a room where I can, I have the physical sensation of, of feeling the beats of the intonation, um, than it is on headphones. I mean, another, another thing that I have realized after playing in many loud environments is that, you know, what the trombone is basically is a, an amplifier. You get, you do your little buzz, you do your little buzz into the mouthpiece and that gets amplified into a sound that's loud. It also gets changed just because of the physics of it, but uh, it sort of works the other way. Uh, if you can picture an old-fashioned ear trumpet, a pre-hearing aid, pre-electronic hearing aid for um, this person who is hard of hearing, they take a bell similar to the bell of a brass instrument or a gramophone or something and hold it up to their ear. Uh, the same is true if you take a megaphone or if you take a, a piece of paper wrapped up into a cone and hold the small part up against your ear, the large end of it is gathering all kinds of sound and funneling it down into the small part. And that happens on the trombone in, in a loud environment the bell is collecting a lot of sound and sending it back into the horn up against my lips, which makes it very tiring to play in a loud environment because uh, I have to push back against that sound, which is kind of annoying. But the phenomenon that I'm, I'm discussing here is I, th- I think that some of the uh, 
some of the vibrations that my sound is engaging with uh, also come back into the horn, make it easier for me to blend and play in tune with things when I'm in a room. And when you're working on headphones in an overdub situation or, or what have you, it's just not there. It's just all in your ears. Uh, it's a strange, fabricated environment that uh, takes a lot of getting used to and is never the same as the real physical thing. So that being said, uh, we do have this recording of six trombones playing some chords open and some close dissonances and the reverb choice that we made in mixing uh it's it's more like of a, a small cathedral cloister type of vibe i it, if to me listening to it it feels very much like a stone room uh and it gives it sort of a medieval feel which was not what i expected i was went into the mixing thinking of a more lush open type of reverb and then we went to this stone thing and i was like well that's very interesting whoa what is that ah yes deer hoof so i'm going to close this episode here with some music by Deerhoof from the album Friend Opportunity. My favorite Deerhoof album. It's basically a 25-minute record of little songs with this, like, 11 or 12-minute piece at the end called Look Away that is the Bell Arthur and Albino of the record. I'm sort of being facetious there, but it sort of reminds me of Bell Arthur and Albino. There's one spot in particular, and that's what we're winding up to. This is at the very end of the album. And the end of this podcast. Bye.